Well, welcome everybody to the Beyond the Sermon podcast. I am Pastor Lucas Hillman, and I get to serve as the lead pastor at Grace Christian Fellowship in Largo, Florida. This is a weekly podcast discussing theology, scripture, and ideas in the local church to help you flourish in Christ. Thanks for joining us. Resurrection Sunday, or as it's more commonly known, Easter. And it's a day of rejoicing. It's a day of celebration uh, that we recognize that Jesus Christ rose from the dead, that he indeed did really die on Good Friday to atone for sin, to usher in his kingdom, to demonstrate God's love and justice. Uh, There's many reasons why Jesus Christ came into the world, uh, and how he saves us is through his own sacrificial love on the cross, which means the giving up of his life. Uh, for our sake. And then Holy Saturday, the day we wait in between. It, it is a, a, a day that's becoming more and more interesting to, to me as I think about um, what it entails, the time between the crucifixion and the resurrection, uh, of waiting and anticipating and just knowing um, that God's coming, but we're waiting. But this past Sunday was Resurrection Day. It was the day we celebrate uh, that Jesus is not in a tomb somewhere, uh, that he is alive, ruling and reigning, what the Bible will say, at the right hand of the Father, simply meaning with all authority. I'll begin by reading Luke chapter 24 and Luke's account of the resurrection itself. It says, But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, talking about the women, and taking spices they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. And when they went in, they did not find the body of Jesus. And one thing we discussed this past Sunday that we want to make sure we reiterate uh, was that Jesus wasn't there, that something happened to change the situation, Um, that the women went with anticipation of mourning, of lament, of sadness, of just remembering the good times they had with Jesus and his teachings. And they went with the anticipation of encountering death. But Luke says when they went there, the body was not there. The the stone was rolled away and Jesus, the body of Jesus Christ was not in the tomb. So something happened uh, that, again, made the body of Jesus, who was crucified, uh, get up. And we recognize what happened is what the Bible identifies as resurrection. It is a recreation, if you will, of of the physical body of Jesus's, uh, rather of Jesus's body. That he became what the Bible says glorified in that moment, no longer resembling the suffering servant, marred beyond, beyond human recognition, but still resurrected, glorified, and a a new body in a way. In Matthew chapter 28, verses 1 through 6, it'll say something similar, where the women go to the tomb, they anticipate Jesus being there, and they intend to mourn and lament, uh, but they're met by an angel, and the angel invites them to come and see. 
And that was what the, how we opened our service, or rather the sermon at least, was an invitation to look into the tomb. Uh, because if something happened, if the resurrection has happened, uh, that changes things. That changes everything, in fact. If Jesus is resurrected, that he laid his life down, and he took it back up again, and he is God himself, as he claimed to be, then that means something for us, not just in the future, but in our present. That if Jesus is alive, we ought to reckon with that moment by moment that Jesus is ushering in a kingdom, uh, that he has accomplished the work of God on earth for redemption, uh, but we await uh, the, the finality of it. But the resurrection uh, may cause fear, it may cause joy, it may cause confusion or doubt or questions, um, but regardless, you have to reckon with the fact that Jesus' first followers and those after them all attest to, laid their lives down, uh, were willing to even go to death itself for the sake of this resurrected Jesus, that he was not uh, dead on Sunday, but rather he arose. So, again, this is a, a moment where we want to call ourselves to attention to the fact that if Jesus arose, if indeed he is alive on the third day and indeed today, how does that change things? Well, it it does direct our heart away from trying to seek significance, purpose, or or meaning, or anything else in all of creation, which we're tempted to do. Uh, we said that if we don't have our eyes on a resurrected Savior, uh, it's easy to try to exchange him for something else, to give us our meaning, to give us our identity, to give us our purpose, our security, or whatever else uh, we might be seeking. Uh, and if, if we do that, we end up leading ourselves away from the life we were meant to live with God. Uh, Romans chapter 1 will say if we do that, if we exchange the glory of God for something in creation— we claim to be wise in doing so, but we end up becoming what the Bible identifies fools, and that comes from Romans chapter 1, 22, and 23. So again, the question begs to be asked again, as we have, if Jesus has risen, how does that change things? Well, it first speaks to our heart to say, I no longer need to seek the things of this world to give me what my soul longs for, peace, security, love, identity, purpose. Uh, rather, Jesus willingly already achieved those things and graciously, abundantly uh, applies them to us, gives them to us moment by moment. But if you're still struggling with that, C.S. Lewis, again, a quote we read, will say this. C.S. Lewis says, If I find within myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. And see, this is what I think the resurrection answers, maybe even a question that we weren't quite able to articulate prior to this, was that our souls, my heart, myself, longs for 
desires that this world can't fulfill. Pleasure comes and goes. Money won't last forever. Even people, uh, the ones that we love most, and again, the the sad reality is uh, this side of glory is trending towards decay and death. But there is a way out. If something happened on Easter, if indeed Jesus rose from the grave, we have a hope that will endure. We have a hope that will be able to withstand the death and decay of this world because indeed we proclaim that Jesus conquered death and he will usher in a kingdom without decay. But your soul, and I would say my soul too, longs to hear that, that there's a reality beyond what we can see that Jesus has testified to, brought to us, uh, that life everlasting is available through him. Now, we, we, if we could boil down our sermon on Sunday, at least, or maybe one, three ways in which the resurrection actually changes your day to day. Yes, it is a lofty theological concept. It's nice to talk about and theorize about, you know, how this happened, uh, other than the power of God, the Spirit of God, raising Christ from the dead. I, But if we were to boil this down to where the resurrection meets the road, if you will, it's three ways that we were able to identify this past week. The first is that if Jesus is resurrected, that gives us a new authority, meaning that there is somebody more authoritative than us that has the right and the we grant permission to to define our life. If Jesus is risen, he is the only one who has been resurrected that could do it himself, meaning he is God. And if God is God, we are not, and, and we ought to submit to him. Jesus will say in Matthew 28, verse 18, that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. If the resurrection is true, if we submit to the truth that Jesus Christ rose from the grave, he is our authority. He is the Lord of life, the resurrected Messiah. And again, we look to him to say, Rabbi, teacher, Messiah, Lord, uh, teach me your ways. So there's a new authority. The second one will be a new identity. Now, so many of us long to be told who we are and that we're good enough and that we are loved despite our mistakes and flaws. And this is the beauty of the resurrection, is that if Jesus rose from the grave, everything he said to about forgiveness, everything he said about God, everything he accomplished for us on the cross is ours. What he has, he has freely given to us, and that by faith alone, we participate in that, meaning that we no longer have to fight and claw and prove ourselves, but rather Jesus freely bestows an identity upon us. Second Corinthians 5.17 will say, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, in him, we are a new creation. The old has passed away. The new has come. So you see, a new identity is ours if Christ has risen, because he's our authority, and therefore he gives us a new identity, a child of God, a friend of God, saint, a holy one, called out one, missionary, 
you know, all of these things, uh, these titles that uh, are applied to us if we are in Christ, and they are uh, just glorious titles of the beloved, of those who are called into the life of God. We have a new identity, so we can stop identifying ourselves as uh, the sum total of our actions, the sum total of our thoughts, our history, our family history, the sins we've committed— the sins that have been committed against us, the things we've done, the things we've left undone. You see, we like to define ourselves, but if Jesus Christ rose from the grave, he has the authority to speak over us, and he calls us beloved. He calls us forgiven. So we no longer need to live in anxiety, wondering, are we good enough? Or have we done enough? Jesus Christ has done it all. That's a new identity. So again, one even more practical way as you go about your week this week, uh, if you have old habits, things you that would usually set you off maybe on uh, to say some angry things, um, could contemplate what that means. Is that if Jesus rose from the grave, um, what would it look like to say what I did before um, is not working? But if Jesus is alive and he's with me and he's my friend, um, I don't have anything to prove here because his love is unmerited and unbreakable. So how does that change how I react to this situation? This person that may not be the most pleasant person to be around. How is Jesus' life being demonstrated in me that if I have nothing to prove, how can I be his presence in this moment? So that's a new identity. So Jesus is our new authority. If the resurrection is true, he's our new identity. And likewise, we have a new mission. Authority, identity, mission. Matthew 28, in the Great Commission, Jesus will say, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And behold, I am with you to the end of the age. So you see, our life purpose is being transformed. Not only our identity, not only our... Oh, my phone went off. Sorry about that. Um, our authority, identity, uh, but our mission. So why are we here? What we, we As long as we still have breath in our lungs, uh, we have something to do. Uh, and that is somehow tied up with this commission to tell uh, about Jesus, to demonstrate his love, to demonstrate his service, to demonstrate his resurrected life uh, in the world today. So we have this mission, Jesus says, go into all the nations uh, and teach them about me, baptizing them, uh, teaching them his love and demonstrating what a changed life will look like. That's our purpose. We no longer live for ourselves, but we live to worship our resurrected Savior. But that's only if he's resurrected. And Christians unabashedly, unashamedly will say, yes, Jesus is alive. He is resurrected and he is my authority. Praise God that he's given me a new identity and help me grapple with the mission that he's given us. May I live faithfully into it. Well, that's Easter. I mean, Easter in a nutshell. And we live with the hope of the promise that as Jesus was resurrected, so too will we be resurrected. By faith, we are united to him, and we will be united to him in not only his death, but in his resurrection as well. 
I'll end by reading 1 John chapter 3, verse 2. It says, Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. What a glorious verse. May our blessed hope of seeing Jesus and becoming like him just fuel our faithfulness this coming week and for the rest of our lives. The love of Christ is compelling to us. So may you uh, look to the resurrected Savior to see your sins have been forgiven on the cross, left in the grave, and you've been given a new identity and mission. So there's Easter. There's the Christian faith. That is our hope. So until next time, I hope that you feel, understand, and contemplate uh, the love of God demonstrated in Christ Jesus. Until then, thanks for joining us. We look forward to getting back together next week. Thank you for listening to the Beyond the Sermon podcast, a ministry of Grace Christian Fellowship in Largo, Florida. You can visit our website and find out more about our church at gracechristian.com. As well, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube.